Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Super Bowl week. Fired up about it. Never got a chance to go to the Super Bowl, Matt. I think I might have... I might have had access to tickets if uh, Pittsburgh would have beaten New England in Brady's first AFC title game, but, you know, they didn't win that game, so I never went. Um, outside of that, I don't think I really would have ever had a chance to go to a Super Bowl, and I'd say that would have to be on any sports fan's bucket list. Yeah, I went to uh, the one with Prince performed in the rain. Uh, you were at that when, one, uh, huh? The, it was the, the Bears-Colts in Miami. It's uh, me and one of my buddies... We uh, we just drove down from Jackson. You know, it's a five-hour drive down 95, uh, hung out for a week down there. Yeah, I didn't go to the actual game, but went went for the whole week and was uh, it was fun. It was Never cool. be another performance like that. Prince is just, I mean, he's a, he's a Mount Rushmore. He's a Galactico, whatever you want to say. He's just a, a musical savant in, in every way, man. He MJ, was, too. He, well, he wasn't I at think that one. if you were going to say Michael Jackson and Prince, I'd say Prince won. Okay. Yeah, I'd I'd say if you're gonna compare those two guys, did he kind of like mold him? They were eighties after him. Yeah. I don't know that they they did, but no, they, they were rivals. Yeah, they were they, they, they were, were rivals. In fact, there I I I watched this this uh, documentary on Netflix about the day that We Are the World was made. They called it the greatest uh, the greatest night in pop history, and uh, this, I mean, this is over a little over forty years ago, late January of tw- of nineteen eighty four. And, of course, we remember Michael singing in that, and he was one of the people that helped put the thing together along with Lionel Richie and uh, Bob Geldof and a couple others that just aren't popping into my mind. And they, they did this that date because it was the date of the AMA Award. So all of these great artists were there, including Prince. And they wanted Prince to come and perform in We Are the World. You remember, he's not in it. Michael is. Prince is not. They wanted Prince to come perform. They even said, hey, we've, they were, they were going to have him sing a little solo. Like, if you were one of the stars that got a solo for that song, that puts you at a, at a different echelon than everybody else. They were ready to give Prince a solo. He wanted a guitar solo. They're called, they actually called him on the phone. 
They had Sheila E. there. Sheila E. called him on the phone. We've got room for you. Come on in. Everybody's here. We're having a great time. He refused because they wouldn't give him a guitar solo. And part of it is that there's this rivalry with him and MJ. It's like Isaiah and MJ. That is exactly right. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to say who was better between those two. I, we don't have enough time to get into who, you know, who, was, who was a better musician between MJ and Prince. Yeah. And that, it, would take all, that would take all month. One of them liked females and one of them liked little boys. So yeah. we'll, we'll end it. We, that's how you know who won, who, won the, who won the race. I can't say anything. Exactly. <laughs> that, would, that would be the way you end the conversation. That's, exactly. That's, that's how you know who won that one. It's, that would, it's real simple. That's how you end the conversation and you move over to Charlie uh, here uh, on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, who brings us into a totally other topic, and I have no idea what it is he wants to talk about. But it's going to be different. What's up, Charlie? How are you? I can't help but laugh because I was thinking the exact same thing Matt was. But I just was never going to say it on the air. Matt, thank you for clearing all that up. That's exactly why. That's Prince the that's the, the mic switch. drop, right? That's the final one. We're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, we, we know. That's the tiebreaker. That's, that's how we'll go. <laughs> if we got you. Yeah. It's over now. Game over. Uh, well, that's anyway. the one you're supposed to fill uh, out there after you go through, you know, how many number one hits and who sold this many album and that album and the dance moves. And it was like, no, you went to the very end of the conversation <laughs> immediately. What's that? What's that? Do you like trees? I never understood. Yeah, go go to work. Go do something, man, bro. What's wrong with you? Anyway. I ain't, anyway. Uh, Phil, uh, I was going to ask you, man. Um, you know, is there a movie you have not seen at this point in your life? Because absolutely, you are, you I've not, I haven't seen most movies within the last twenty years. <laughs> okay. Most of the movies I watched were up until about I don't know, like like two thousand one. Okay, so where C unit needs to start getting you guys is because y'all are grilling him. He's just he's trying he's trying to learn here. He needs to start getting y'all with the modern day stuff. Now, I no, think this Matt, is the difference between but, halftime homework when Ty did the show with me and when C unit. Ty tried to educate me on his education, on his uh, on his generation, and he failed miserably. So I'm not trying again. Now it's now it's all one way education. Older people <laughs> to the younger show producer. That's You're it. Right. You don't need to learn any. I have I have a teenager. I have a teenage daughter. She'll teach me everything I need to know about that generation. <laughs> I was gonna say you do have kids, so yeah. That's cool. You got it. And yeah, you're right. We need to be learning from our OGs. Sorry, uh, C Unit. I tried, bro. I tried to help you out. Yeah. We, we, we'll we'll call him done. Professor C Unit whenever it's time for him to teach. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I was thinking about uh, you brought up Isaiah and uh, MJ. I was thinking uh, Larry and Magic, too, when we talk about robberies. To me, I don't know. Between those two basketball robberies, who's your. Who's your favorite, Matt? I mean, between Magic that and Celtics, Larry. And then... That Celtics-Lakers uh, uh, robbery in the 80s is, is first class. Um, I think Magic uh, Johnson's the best point guard to ever play in the NBA, and I think Larry Agreed. Bird is, is underrated. I think Larry in today's time uh, would, would be With so – would, Yeah, he'd be so – he could do everything. He could, pa he, he could pass. He could shoot. He, could, he had back problems later in his – like when he was on that dream team, if you remember most of the stuff, it's him on the side with a thing on his back. You know, he was just – he was kind yeah, of – I remember the position Bird would be in. He would be lying prone on the basketball mm -hmm. court in front of the bench, mm -hmm. like on his stomach kind of leaning up. Hey, I with know the that heat feels, pad on his back. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. And I hated seeing him doing that. Hated seeing it because well, it's like, wow, he can barely move, well, and that's Larry freaking Bird. Well, at least he got to finish that, you know, play with that team. That was a special team to watch. But also with this this team, uh, well, 
Anyway, you really want to do that, is, Charlie? Charlie, we got <laughs> we've done we've done sixty seven minutes of halftime. We have barely kicked around okay. Arkansas men's basketball. Okay, Are you going to be the one to bring it, it up? Oh, no, I ain't going to do it. I think that we've had a heck of a conversation. It's been fun. Love enjoy it. Love talking with you guys. Have a good one. Okay. See you tomorrow, Charlie. <laughs> All right, Charlie, thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you got to like war- we have to give a warning if you get into that show topic that we might usually get into and probably should have gotten into at some point. But I just don't want to. We get in with Mike. Uh, well, I'll ask Mike a question. We'll see. He, he might have. He might have an answer for us. You think we can push Mike to the to the you know maybe two ten when Ruskin and Zach are on? So we want to do that. You want to just talk Super Bowl with? Mike? I, I do want to talk 11? a little Super Bowl because I know he's a Cowboys fan. That's a Chiefs fan. You know how how the portal. Uh, he he got caught up. So it's 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 going to be interesting. I want to see what he thinks with this this talent. Seven All Pros on the San Francisco team. I think they got nine. If you look back through the last couple of years that play on this offense. And I, I keep saying, bet ta- most talented roster, San Francisco 49ers. What is Spags going to do? My question for, for Mike is, who do you take away? Spags is going to try to take somebody away. Are you taking the running back away? You taking the two wideouts away? You taking the all-pro tight end away? I mean, they, San Francisco's got stars everywhere in the skill position. So can you really take Christian McCaffrey away? I mean, he's a dual threat. You know, I went back and looked. This is shocking. You realize that you haven't had an NFL rushing champion win the Super Bowl since TD in Terrell 1998. Yeah. Like, that, it has been that long. And, and even, this really hasn't been a thing very often. McCaffrey doesn't lead the NFL in yards per game rushing, but he had the most yards from scrimmage LLS, for any running back yeah. this year in rushing yards. There's only been two other running backs that have ever done that and won a Super Bowl, Terrell Davis and Emmitt Smith. The last, That's it. The last two seasons, there's only been two running backs to have over 900 yards rushing and over 250 yards receiving. That's him and, and, and Shaquan Barkley. You know, those are the two two guys right now that kind of do it all. Your Marshall Falk type backs, you know, I mean, just absolute can do it all. I, can you really take McCaffrey away? But they, I, it's also like you're saying, you get too many other. You got Samuel, you got Ayuk, you got Kittle. I think you got to try to take McCaffrey away in the run game, and and if he if he catches the ball, I mean you you, you can't take McCaffrey away. I, you're you're right, but you got to stop the run. I mean you're gonna have that's what they're gonna do. And San Francisco tries to play with a lead. They get out on a lead with you. They're, they're they pin their ears back with Bosa. Their linebackers are solid. Uh, that's that's if you're the Chiefs, you want to take the ball first. You want to get. Well, what was that stat that came out with the 49ers? They, they've won one out of like 13 games with Shanahan when they've been down five in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You want to get out early on them. And then there's another wild stat. I think Kansas City has won the turnover battle maybe two or three times all year, including in the AFC Championship game, which came up pretty big as far as that was concerned. You know, we kick around so much about the offenses of these teams. Man, you could see a low-scoring game because these two defenses are where it's at. That's why Casey's even there. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. 
You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Mike Irwin from Pig Trail Nation joining us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline on a lovely Monday afternoon. Mike, good morning. Happy Super Bowl week. How you doing? Well, okay. You know, not just jumping through hoops, but I'm just making going day to day. Well, why not jumping through hoops? We don't have to watch Arkansas basketball for uh, for a few extra days. That that that's that celebration is. enough because it's just not a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, that's a week off, but you got a week also to think about all this stuff and what what you're going to have to deal with down the road because they're now obviously in a position where. You know, it'd take a miracle turnaround to make the NCAA's and, or maybe some sort of miracle win the SEC tournament, which is not likely. And then you start asking NIT, and a lot of people are under the mistaken belief that the you have to have a 500 record to get into the NIT. They changed that in 2017. So if they've got nine games left, could they go uh, three and six and get in? Probably not. So it's probably looking four and five. Well, they've got six home games, and if they won, you know, maybe four of those, they could probably get in. But when you start looking at who they play, it looks like more like three would be more likely. So then you're just asking yourself, you know, if finishing three games below 500 gets you into the NIT. Mike, do you, do you think there needs to be a priority in recruiting in-state guys in, in both basketball and football? It seems like, I, I don't know what, what the, the formula is, but we're, we're letting a lot of in-state guys uh, leave. And, and it seems like the team does better when you have more in-state. Not that you don't need help from other, other places, but th- these coaching staffs are so enamored with, with guys from outside the state for some reason. Uh, I'd like to get see them both, b- basketball and football, getting back to, to your roots and getting back to, to getting some in-state guys that are talented. You know, uh, we've always, most of us realize that because basketball, you don't have to have as many scholarships and because Arkansas is loaded with every year with really good basketball players that a guy like Musselman can get good in-state players. The issue is whether or not you keep them. Like, for instance, a blocker. I've had people tell me, oh, no, they need to let him go because he can't do this, he can't do that. I'm going, look, the guy's a freshman. He really loves Arkansas. You can tell he's he's just kind of, you know, he's probably pushing it some. But you need guys like that to be sophomores, to be juniors. And so, Matt, you're right. You need in-state players as glue on your team, football or basketball. And I think you've always got to have a certain number of those guys. Now, it's really a a bigger problem right now in football because Missouri has come in here and, you know, he's really done some damage this last year. Now, I don't know if that will continue, but there's also a belief by some that Sam Pittman doesn't value in-state guys enough, that he is doing what you said, looking outside for other players, and you have to do that. But when, it, when do you reach a point where you say, okay, this guy right here may not be quite as got good as this guy from Texas or Louisiana, but he's an Arkansas kid. we got to have him. And I think if it's close, you always got to go Arkansas because they are the guys that will keep your locker room where it needs to be when you're having problems. 
But that's not Musselman's mo. I think with with this team or probably any other, it's 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 looking in the portal. I mean, you knew that when he came here. Well, and and, and to my point, Phil, it's like your best in state guys. He was able to get Nick Smith though, mm-hmm. so that's that's what I mean. You got to be able to get your best your best in state guys. That's that's kind of you, you have to. You just have to. Yeah, but the other issue is it, it, the five stars. I mean, we see what happens there if they're really. If they turn out to be real five stars, then they're going to be gone in one year. And that's not what I'm talking about. Yes, you have to get those guys. But to me, you still got to get a guy like, and this is not a good example with what's going on right now, but you need a Devo that stays here this long. And, and you really need more than one, maybe not more than one or two, but you got to have some guys that are good players but they're from the state of Arkansas, and they stay with you because, again, people keep asking me what's wrong with this team, and I look at it as you got a bunch of guys that came in here. They didn't know anything about the way this guy coaches, and they they ran into some problems, and I think what's going on now is they're pushing back against him because it's hard to accept a guy that has that kind of discipline, but, but it's easier if you're winning. If you're not winning, that's when the pushback starts. And that's when you need people on that team to say, hey, man, you got to do this. You just got to do it because, believe me, in the long run, it'll pay off. And they just don't have that. So I still think you need one or two guys that maybe aren't NBA, go, go to the NBA after one or two years, but but they're stay, they'll stay with your program for four years I, I think from the state of Arkansas. And I don't know how, how much have you seen Darian Ford play, but I think he would be another guy that you would have liked I to, you'd have liked a, to yeah. see him stay for another year. And, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think it was a mistake. Well, I think it's obvious, though, when you're, you know, for next year, it's, it's, it's going to be the same as this last year. You're going to be plugging in spots from the portal, and you hope that you got the right NIL dollars to get whomever it is that you want. Uh, so that they can play the right kind of defense, because that's the difference right now. You know, you go back and look at some of the recent numbers uh, under under Muss. This is by far and away statistically the worst basketball team that he's coached defensively here at Arkansas and at Nevada. And, I mean, if they're not careful, you'll end up with uh, the most points per game allowed in the last 30 years at Arkansas. And, and really, the teams that are on the schedule coming up, uh, that's, that's a thing. They made... I can't believe that they made Will Baker look like he was Dirk Nowitzki. That that was – I wasn't ready for that. Well, some of that, honestly, though, you could you could have a guy shooting against air in practice and he might not do that. I mean, that's part of this. And, and they had a week off and they had lost three straight games, so you, you got plenty of motivation. And you give somebody a week to prepare for this team – and you know all their weaknesses, uh, but you still have to hit those shots, and that's what they did early in the game. I mean, they're jacking up threes like like you're making layups. And at some point, you say to yourself, when does Arkansas play a team and they sort of are what they usually are? And again, some of it is what they're not doing defensively, but some of it is they're not playing like they played in these last three games. They're suddenly better, and I, except for Missouri, I'm not sure I've seen a team play Arkansas in the SEC and didn't look better than they usually look when I watch them play other teams. Again, some of that may be Arkansas's defense, but I think some of it is just bad luck. 
Yeah, Missouri's not a very they're they're not very athletic either. And and like what what you're talking about, Phil, given that defensive stat, I, I've I've watching the Hogs play and and. 90% of the teams we play against their roster is better than our roster. You look yeah. at their you look at their <laughs> length, true. their athleticism. So we're we're kind of behind it there, but well, I think we'll get it we'll get it right next year. Hey, um Mike, the Super Bowl's coming up. It's it's going to be here. H- how are you going to consume it and what are your kind of thoughts right now cuz I guess we won't have you on before the the Super Bowl goes. How how do you see the Super Bowl going? Well, I think Kansas City will probably win, but on the other, and I am a Chiefs fan. I like them, but, but when you got two hogs in there, even though one of them's not going to play, Brandon Allen, I got to go with them. So I'm going to be sitting here and thinking, okay, I'm a little bit conflicted here, but I want to see the, the Niners win this thing. But, you know, Kansas City's got this thing going, and they got those two guys that are, everybody talks about, you know, one of them in particular. So. We'll see. You got people hating on them because they don't want. They're tired of this Swifty stuff. To me, it's irrelevant. I mean, you don't have to. I've watched them play, and I don't. I don't recall even seeing a shot of her up in the skyboxes. Maybe I was asleep when it happened. <laughs> well, you get you know what you get. The best roster. I mean, over the last couple of years, 49ers have nine All Pros on, on that offense. But That's then, wild. Th- then you oh. get the best quarterback with Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what you hope for is a good game. That's what you always hope for, the Super Bowl. And and sometimes it's not super. Sometimes it's a lopsided game, and it's not fun unless you're really involved and invested with one team. But that's what I'd hope for, that it'd be a good, fun game to watch, go back and forth. And when it's over, you go, yeah, that was, that was, that was a good Super Bowl. Hey, Dre's got a chance to, like, etch his name in – in in football lore here, <laughs> you know, think, think of it as the kind of game in the Super Bowl that he had against Green Bay. Just gets one turnover. Yeah, yeah just he, one, yeah. even one. Not never mind two. Like the last guy that had two interceptions in a Super Bowl won the Super Bowl MVP and got a huge free agent contract based off of that. Like I mean, Dre's yeah. got a chance to really, you know, like he's already made his mark in the NFL. But if you have a game in the Super Bowl that stands out, that elevates you to a whole other a whole other stratosphere. Yeah, and he's such a great guy, and somebody only asked Mike is comparing him to Michael Orr, and it's a real similar story. And they're wanting to know if somebody will make a movie. Well, I, I, I'm not sure you'd want a movie because that Blindside movie may have may have made money, but it didn't work out very well for the Orrs and the Tuies. So maybe uh, maybe Dre doesn't need a movie made about his life. But but I would I agree with you. It'd be great to see you know him play really well in this game, and then just make some money off this no mike one thing i'd like to see and just to kind of end on an on an arkansas basketball note for those fans who are disappointed and are kind of giving up on men's basketball there's another month left for the women's basketball season and this team right now is playing i think better than a lot of other teams would have had they lost their top score for a month and already we're dealing with with issues with with a lack of depth and just getting tougher and the style of play and all of that. I mean, they're not a shoe-in for the NCAA tournament, but if they keep playing the way they are, they'll get in. And, I mean, that. so the men's team probably won't make it. Well, root for the women's team. They're the Razorbacks, too. Yeah, that, that was a great win last night. I was really invested watching that. They, they, they look dead in the water, and all of a sudden, they start scoring points and coming back, and, you know, all of a sudden, you're, you're great freshman you know, that that came back and didn't play well in her first game back, now is doing that, doing her thing again, and she makes a huge difference with this team. But there, it, it, it was really a team effort. 
I didn't like the officiating last night. I thought when they got up by 12, the officials got involved in that thing and got Auburn going again. And I thought, oh, they're going to lose this game. But then give them credit because the last 10, 15 seconds of that game, they, they just did what they had to do to win it. Mike, we'll leave it there. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you uh, next week after Super Bowl Sunday, okay? I'll see you. Thank you, Mike. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The number 11 has been our theme on halftime today. Uh, Reggie Williams, Barry Larkin, Muhammad. Am I saying his name? Muhammad right? Salah. Salah. Mm-hmm. I think it's spelled Saleh, but pronounced S A L A H. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like Wagner from last year, even though it's spelled Wagner. This year, Arkansas baseball has a Wagner that's spelled Wagner. There we go. Go, go figure. Yeah. Go figure. Uh, Lee Mayberry, Mike Martin, Casey Dick, Matt Leiner, Carson Wentz, Phil Sims, Kobe Hamilton, Isaiah Thomas, Rogers Hornsby, Joe Ferguson, Elvin Hayes, Mark Rippin, Sebastian Janikowski. All worn number Gareth, 11. Gareth Bell, he's another one, played at Real Madrid, Tottenham, uh, a Welshman, uh, absolute stud, but he was an 11. It's a lot of these guys feel they, they change numbers, you know, like when they go places and stuff. It's kind of it's cool when they stick with the number when they go to another team. Hmm, I do like that. And then there was um, the amps uh, for Spinal Tap, which also go up to 11. And it's all because it's 11 days before Arkansas and baseball the, starts. And the hogs are 11 and 11, which that might be the best one. <laughs> I didn't even think about that one, but yes, it's true. i got to write that in here. They're 11 and 11. <clears throat> uh, what's going on on November 11th? Does Arkansas football have a game that day? Let, uh, let's double check this. Let's double check the schedule for next year. November 11th is not a Saturday. November 11th is not a Saturday, so there won't be an Arkansas base, uh, ba- football game. There could be a basketball Sep- game. You could have a September 11th. Uh, I know we'd never forget. It could be a, there could be a football game on that day if that's a Saturday, right? November 11th You're just looking for an is Veterans Day. You're just looking for an 11-11 game, though. I, I that's got right. You. Just yeah, an 11-11 yeah. game, and then at 11-11, we'll be on the air that day. Hmm? Uh, I saw what could be and probably is going to be the opening day lineup for Arkansas baseball. It was, the, it was one of the two teams that played in the scrimmage on Friday, and it just it stood out. It's like, oh, this, this kind of looks like it could be an opening day lineup, and I would bet it is. By the way, they're, they're scrimmaging today, 3 o'clock. Jose Okendo, Robert and Van Buren, said uh, Okendo wore number 11. It's one of the few players in baseball history that played all nine positions in one game. 
And I'm going to guarantee you if he did that, it was the last game of the season and it mattered. the game did not matter. Otherwise, why would you do it? Did you see, because you're a baseball junkie, did you see when Will Ferrell went around to the spring camp, the spring training camp, and played all positions going in different, you saw that, right? Like, yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Yeah. The, the thing like if was, you can play, so you can play right field. You can stand out there, be like, you know what, you other two guys, go ahead and go get it. I'm just going to stand here and shout at you, okay? But, uh, when you're the catcher, like that's the only person that can catch the pitch. Well, they had the, he was that catcher, and then they they didn't even throw a pitch, or so you know somebody got thrown out. They did that because obviously catcher is the Ooh. hardest position, right? Like I mean, short you, whatever catcher to me, that's tough, man. That's that's a that's a big time position. I, uh, did I see anybody ever do the nine positions in one minor league game? I've never seen it in college. Maybe we did. Uh, yeah, I think they did it. Like, did, did Okendo do that when Joe Torrey was the manager? I think Torrey used to have a tradition, at least when he was with the Cardinals, he, he had a player manage the last game of the season if it didn't really count. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if they needed a win in order to win the division, I think things would be a little bit different. That might have been, that's when you do goofy things like that, like have Okendo play every position. But then again, I mean, that's a guy who's, he literally could have done that. I mean, he was that kind of player. It's just, well, oh, put him at third base, second base, shortstop. He could play all three of those. That's what he normally did. Let's just have some fun today. Let's screw around. Screw it. Let's see if he can catch. Go ahead and throw the – he would look silly with the, with the gear on, with the catching gear. Right. Yeah, as long as you can compete. Uh, my, my pops was a coach, and, and back in the day, like it would be senior day, the last game of a, of a high school football season, and – if you're winning the last game and say you're an offensive lineman and you wanted to carry the ball, you know, because you're never going to play again. So he'd let him carry the ball and it never fail. One of them would fumble it, you know, and you'd be like, come on, that's why you don't, that's why you don't carry the ball. You Wouldn't get you back like here. to play all 11 positions on offense for one football game? I had to play right guard in sixth grade football. I cried every time I came home and wanted to quit and never play football again. No, I don't, I have no. You get beat on every player, I, just hated it? Well, I would, I would just, I wouldn't block the guy. I was like, y'all want me to block somebody? I played cornerback <laughs> on defense. Defense, right? But so, you, I thought you wanted me to get out of everybody else's way, yeah, not get in this guy's way. Not, not an offensive lineman material. Not could me. you have been a center? You could have snapped it and then just gotten out of the way. Deep snap, like to the punter. Exactly. Could hmm. throw it, throw it back there to the punter and then go go try to tackle somebody. Really, I would pay money to see you strap the catcher's gear on. I did it one time. Took one pitch and told coach. I said, Coach, I, I made a mistake. I, I know this is not what I like. I want to go back to first base or, or shortstop or center field. Yeah. Number 11 for Arkansas baseball this year is Jay Cho, who is from Korea, uh, played his last year, I think his last two years of high school ball at IMG Academy in Florida, but he is, he is from Korea. Um, I don't know how much of an impact he'll have on this year's team, but he's a pretty good-sized kid. Drew Bledsoe. Uh, was that a number 11, too? Tom Brady came back in, yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I mean, we have a really lengthy list of much more than 11 here as I had Bledsoe under Jose Okendo. Uh, here's what that lineup looked like. And again, this is probably what the opening day lineup looks like. Peyton Stovall leading off second base. I know he's led off before. He's got a good eye. It's not like you're expecting him to be a base dealer or anything, but just get on base. And you like to have a little pop in the number one spot of the batting order, if at all possible. Dave so often will say, and you hear other coaches say this too, that they will treat the number nine spot of the batting order as an extra leadoff man or just somebody with speed. Well, if that's the case, well, then your number one hitter, you probably don't want him to be just a punch-and-judy singles type of hitter. Not like this team has that many punch-and-judy singles type hitters anyway. So I like the idea of Stovall there. And then 
they they've staggered the lineup between righties and lefties for the first six spots. Really, the first yeah first six spots of the lineup. It goes lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, and that's going to be tough to get through. Peyton Stovall leading off, Hudson White catching, batting second, which would tell you. Um, that so that's he has, big time right there, to yeah, have your catcher batting second. But that will also tell you that White has probably improved greatly as a catcher defensively because the reports on him were that he was more of a hitter and kind of lagged behind a little bit catching. I know they've said he's improved during the fall, but just the fact that he would start the first game I think tells you that he has improved to the point where at least they're looking at him right now as the first-string catcher because I think they've got four that they want to play. Uh, Kendall Diggs, number three hitter, right fielder, lefty. That's exactly where he should hit. Nobody on this team has a better idea of the strike zone than Kendall Diggs, and he will lead the team in home runs. That's my guess. Um, Unless he gets a little too choosy, um, in which case Vahiva Aloy will probably lead the team in home runs. I'm not sure about how selective Aloy is compared to Diggs, but he's got tons of pop, and he'll be in the cleanup spot. Then it's McLaughlin, number five hitter, uh, lefty. Wagner, Jack Wagner, the kid from Tarleton State, uh, the number six hitter, he's a righty, and either one of them can be the DH or the first baseman. Uh, Then Peyton Holt batted seventh, played third base. Jason Jones batted eighth, played left field. Ty Wilmsmeyer batted ninth and played center field. So you you wouldn't put that lineup together for the week. Literally, it was seven days before the start of the season. If you want them to be in a rhythm of like, all right, the season starts in seven days. This is the lineup, and you guys are probably doing it again a week from now. That would make perfect sense. Man, Phil, it's it's so cool getting ready uh, for 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 the season and and going out there and being with the first team and and just uh, just out there playing fun. Same thing in football, you know. Good for hey, when, when they call the ones and you go out there, same same thing right there. That's pretty cool when they call the ones and 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 that's the group. It's you kind of you know you, you kind of hold your head up and you're ready to go play. You're ready. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. There's a little difference too. I mean, they, they, uh, we don't refer to the term opening day with the other sports. There's just because you play 56 of them and most of them are home. They love the bunting out, so that makes it you know a little bit more of a special day. But I don't think that you'll see that exact lineup for every game of the first weekend against James Madison. I mean, you had four games, and I know Dave often will he'd like to have the same lineup in there. And I mean, I think Stovall will be the second baseman. White, I'd be surprised if he catches more than two games that first weekend. I think they'll want to get Ryder Helfrick in there. I think they'll want to get Polk and, and Roland, um, either a start as a DH or a chance to catch. Or um, as the game goes along, if they get a comfortable lead or any kind of a lead, you might see a change of catcher for defensive purposes in the middle to latter innings. That is one of the aspects of having four catchers is that, you know, you can, you can play matchups in a couple of cases and, and you can feel pretty confident about taking out your starting catcher, throwing a second or third guy in there, and not losing all that much. Diggs will be the right fielder every game this year. Aloy will be the shortstop every game this year. McLaughlin and Wagner, I think they'll trade off between DH and first base. Um, but Helfrick's not in the starting lineup for this one. But I think he'll be, he'll be in there at some point. Uh, there was news coming from uh, the big, no, not the big leagues. Another former Razorback was traded. Dominic Fletcher got traded over the offs over the weekend to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, and they got Ben Attendee too. Is that what they, you were they, telling? Well, that's right. Yeah. The, there are a lot of former Razorbacks in the White Sox organization. Uh, Benny's the only guy with the Sox in the big leagues that played for Arkansas. But then there's five others. And now you got Fletcher, 
who's AAA, and, and I would assume he's on the 40-man because he was on Arizona's 40-man roster. Chris Lanzilli and Michael Turner are in the White Sox organization. Peyton Paulette and Cole Ramage also are with the White Sox. So, you know, if you're looking for a team to root for and you don't have one, and that would be me, maybe the White Sox could be it. Then again, I don't think many people are expecting much out of the big league White Sox this year, so that would be right exactly as the same thing as my Pirates. Uh, and, now this is not good news, it's just for those who want to blame the pitching coach for the injuries, there is another pitcher that went down for the rest of the season. It's a potential weekend starter for Ole Miss, Xavier Rivas, a left-hander. And that's one of two Ole Miss pitchers that probably won't throw all year. The other being Hunter Elliott, who beat Arkansas in Omaha two years ago. He had a sprained elbow ligament last year, underwent Tommy John surgery when the season ended. So he's not available because he needs the year to to rehab, and, and, and it won't be a year until May. And now Rivas, he got injured in a, in, a, in a preseason scrimmage, and that can happen to anybody. So, uh, I mean, maybe the Ole Miss fans are pointing at Carl Lafferty or that kind of thing, but this is, it's, just a, it's just a matter of injuries to pitchers happen this time of the year, and it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, number 11, Mark Messier wore number 11. That's our first hockey I, I watched player. a little bit of the hockey. They do that three-on-three. Three. They had Bieber in, in a Scott Weiland jacket out there It was because it was in Toronto, and uh, they had definitely had their Canadian flair to it. Uh, but, yeah, I watched a little bit of the Pro Bowl, watched a little bit of the, the NHL All-Star. Uh, Were either of those entertaining? Well, the Pro Bowl, they actually wear the equipment, you know, the proper uniform. You know, you wear tights. No, I wear the required equipment. But the, the football is just, man, they're just having fun. It's, it's um, you, you, get, you get to see kids. They're, they're, it's kind of like a throwback to Sandlot. Hey, let's go pick it in the backyard and let's go play. That's, that's what it is. It's not, it's not real. It's, it's, uh, it's just, Are we drawing up plays in the sand abso- now? Absolutely. Double reverse pass, laterals back. It's just, it's, uh, it's. You just get to see the kids have fun and be athletes. That's kind of how you get to see who's who's more of an athlete, who's just a real structured football player. You know, you kind of got to see, you get to see their personality a little yeah, bit. Pretty pretty soon, baseball's all star game will just be street ball or stick ball, one on one. Yeah, I thought it was just they let Bryce Harper's pops come out there and they do home run contests. It's all turned into basically just like skills competitions in a lot of cases. NBA skills, that's a good one. Well, the NBA is pretty much one-on-one anyway. (laughs) The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said.
Done. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody case, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. Back on halftime here. Do you see the court that the NBA unveiled for all of the all-star events that they're doing at Indianapolis? Uh, this is wild. This is even crazier than the floor that Travolta danced on for Saturday Night Fever. I mean, this is, uh, it's like they're dancing. It's like they're going to be playing on a computer screen. I would think that might, I don't know, be a little, just kind of distract you a little bit. Uh, maybe at some point they can actually make it look like a basketball floor with the regular wood color and the regular paint where the paint is. Because the last thing we need is another, another basketball court like what the Oregon Ducks play on. Like, I, I refuse to watch any Oregon basketball game played in their building because it hurts my eyes. It is a painful thing to experience. Right, we had uh, Wero by Beck coming in here. What did you tell me about Beck and Dwight Yoakam earlier? Cow punk. Break? Yeah, because Dwight Yoakam, one of, one of our favorite movies in Sling Blade and uh, one, one of my favorite country artists. So he, he and, you know, uh, Wedding Crashers, he has a first the first scene when they're in there. Uh, but him and Beck are buddies. Yeah, they, they do. They, they travel around a little bit. I know uh, Beck's nickname when he grew up in uh, Los Angeles was Wero. You know, he knows, uh, I guess he, he hung out with a lot of the Latino guys. Uh, 877-377-6963. Calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel hotline. It is 11 days until Arkansas baseball. We've been taking your number 11 all throughout the show. Uh, appreciate the text, Scott, uh, because he texted us at... Ah, he missed by one minute. He sent a text that said it's 1.11 p.m., but he sent it at 1.12. Uh, you next, be we got tomorrow. You, get, you can try again tomorrow. You got to be quicker than that, Scott. And tomorrow you got to send in that text at 10.10 in the morning when Greeny is on, all right? So I won't be there uh, checking the text line at that point. Uh, what, are the, what are the more recent 11s we got? President James Polk. He was the 11th president. Does that oh, count? Oh, Jimmy Polk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he a K? I think there was a K thrown in there in the middle name. Uh, Mark Messier is the only hockey player we got. Micah Parsons, Bledsoe, Jose Oquendo, uh, and, yeah, we got the Joe Ferguson one as well. Here's a, a text from Arkansas Dave, who's in Mount Ida. He asks, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, do they firmly cement dynasty status, or are they already? No, I don't think they have yet. I think for a dynasty, it's got to be more than two Super Bowls. Because so I don't look at the – so the Broncos won those back-to-back Super Bowls in the 90s, but that was the only Super Bowls that they won. That's not a dynasty. For me, Pittsburgh, four Super Bowl wins in six years. Uh, the Niners, four Super Bowls, and I think that was a nine-year period in the 80s. But they won all, all the four they got there. When, when Joe Montana got to the Super Bowl, he was 4-0, and three, and, and three times he was MVP. 
And we know the Cowboys had a dynasty. And so the, the Bills, they got to four Super Bowls. They were a dynasty only of the AFC, but nobody ever talks about them as being a dynasty because you got to win the whole damn thing in order for that to happen. And, I mean, the, the only dynasty we've had in the NFL in the last two decades are the Pats. And, and also another thing about a dynasty that's different from college athletics, you know, we talk about blue bloods in college athletics. That's the ability of the, it's like the, you know, the, the championship blood being passed down generation through generation from recruit to recruit. All of these NFL dynasties that we just brought up, Packers in the 60s, they had players that were all on the same team. You know, there's the guys that were there for every championship. I mean, think of, uh, think of you know, with Pittsburgh, Bradshaw, Franco, Mean Joe, Lambert, Ham, all those guys with uh, the Niners in the 80s. You know, Jerry Rice was there for three of the Super Bowl championships. Uh, was Ronnie Lott there for all four or was it three? Uh, Montana, obviously, was there for all four of them. Yeah, because you had Merton Hanks with his long neck getting the interceptions that, that was in there for that last one. Yeah. With the Cowboys, I mean, there's the all, the, all those Hall of Famers that were there. Larry Allen, Troy Aikman. Larry you know. Allen, oh my goodness. I mean, Charles it, Haley. Charles Haley and Dion played on both. That was pretty cool. Played on uh, with Dallas and San Fran and won back-to-back Super Bowls. And, and Emmett. And then there's and then the, the constant from the Patriots are Belichick and Brady, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> for a 20-year stretch. I mean, that was it. How many did Big Ben win? Two? W- w- he won two and lost one. That's would right. you say Pittsburgh's a dynasty during Big Ben's years? No. Nope, you nope. wouldn't say they that? They would have won a third Super Bowl potentially, but the loss to the Packers would have, uh, that thing takes them out of that category. I, I think a, as far as a legacy game, this 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 win right here, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, then they're 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 solidified in there with Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, Bill Belichick, and and Tom Brady, and and then the the couple that you mentioned as well. Well, and and also just to just to coach in a Super Bowl with two different teams. I mean, we you know Reid got there once with the with the Eagles, but lost a bunch of AFC champion NFC title games with uh, McNabb at quarterback beforehand. So, I mean, all those other coaches we just mentioned. Belichick was no good with the Browns and just got fired after, you know, five bad years since Brady left. Chuck Knoll, those four Super Bowl championships in four years, the Steelers were mediocre in the 80s. They really weren't any good after that. Um, you know, I mean, uh, Lombardi, he, he wasn't, he coached Washington. Um, I don't think ever got them to the Super Bowl. He was only there for a couple of years. Bill Walsh, he never coached a team outside of the Niners in the NFL. I don't remember him coaching again after he left the no, 49ers. No, I don't think he did. Yeah, I, I think, think he had other I think he had other things he was interested in. Yeah, he, I, for some reason I want to say he did something with Stanford like as, as an analyst or something like that, but I don't remember him coaching whenever cuz George George Seifert got the job and led him to that when Steve Young was there. He was their coach when they won that their last Super Bowl. That's right. So there was four under Walsh and one under Seifert. Scott asked about Washington, were they a dynasty? Now they won 3 if I remember in the 80s. I mean, the, to me, the num- but then you can you have two dynasties? Because the, the Niners were the team of the 80s. Se- the second part of the 80s. You know, if it's, you, I think you could have two dynasties in the in, in, in kind of coexisting or overlapping, a little overlap there. And they were all under, and it was all the same conference. I mean, that was the time where the NFC was just dominant. I forget how many Super Bowls in a row they won. Giants won a couple then. I think it went from the Raiders over Washington, the year Marcus Allen won the MVP, to, uh, I, th- I guess it was the first championship that Elway won with the Broncos. That, that must have gone from like 1982 to 97. Think about that. It's like 15 straight years. The NFC, I think, won the Super Bowl. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you had San Francisco win it. Uh, win it. You had the, the the Cowboys win it. You had the Giants win it. Yeah, that was big time NFC. And then there's the Bears, and that's the crazy aspect of this. Still the most famous team from the 80s is the 85 Bears. Might have been the most dominant team in NFL history for one season. They just had the one loss to Marino and the Dolphins. And you remember how close we were to having that matchup in the Super Bowl? But the Patriots had the huge upset over Miami in the AFC Championship game. And I guess that, that must have been played in Miami, and it was a giant upset, and then they just got blown out. It was bad, bad. Wasn't a, yeah. the, most, the most exciting part of that, of, the, of that Super Bowl was watching Refrigerator Perry run, a, run the touchdown in, but that's also tragic because that should have been Walter Payton. Walter Payton, Payton never, never scored, scored in the Super Bowl. Yep, yep. But he handled it like a gentleman and like a pro, very class act, the late great sweetness. He, you know, it's team first type of deal. Uh, absolutely handled it the right way. Well, I, I would say that Kansas City, you got to have three championships. I think if you, if you have three championships in a five or six year window, I think you can go into the category of, 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 um, of a dynasty. San Francisco Giants, when they won their three, was it odd numbers or even number years when they alternated? I mean, would you would call that a three, dynasty? That's three and five years, sure. Yeah. That's right. That would be the last, you know, I think baseball dynasty I have. I guess the Cardinals might have had one as well. The Yankees, of course, in the late 90s. Uh, and Astros have won I guess two, it's right? Close. Yeah. The Astros probably need one more uh, to get into dynasty territory. Scott reminds us Washington had three quarterbacks, though. He's right. I mean, they had Theismann for one Super Bowl win. Doug Johnson and Rippon. It was uh, Doug Williams. Doug, sorry. Yeah. Doug Williams and Mark Rippon. That's right. So that's a whole lot different from all these other dynasties because Bart Starr was the championship quarterback for each of the Packers' wins. Uh, Terry Bradshaw for Pittsburgh. Montana for the four Super Bowls for the Niners. No, and then there was you know, the one Steve with Young. Young yeah. Aikman, the all three with with Dallas and then Brady, the seven with New England. So that would make the three championships Washington won as an outlier because that really wasn't really all that far apart. Now, did he win six with New England and one with Tampa Bay? Or did that's he win? right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I get my, uh, my Tom Brady championships mixed up. Something tells me quite a lot of us do that. Home stretch in just a moment on halftime. Calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel hotline, 877 377 6963. <laughs> There's some texts that come in on that text line that I, I think I might read on the air, and then you read the content. You're like, yeah, I don't know if I'd go with that. But we were told by somebody if our number 11 is, uh, is a theme for today. Apparently, yesterday, the Arkansas State Police um, confiscated 11,000 pounds of illegal drugs somewhere on an Arkansas highway. This according to the uh, KARK website. See, number 11 has a whole lot of different meanings today. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.